Hey, faithful listener, thanks for tuning in to the P40 Ministries daily podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow spiritually so you can grow personally. Let's grow together by building a consistent Bible reading routine. This is Jen, your host, and today we will be discussing the book of Exodus. friends and faithful listeners, thank you so much for tuning in this morning on this wonderful Monday morning to the P40 Ministries podcast. And today I have a guest speaker on the podcast, and this is actually my sister, Jamie, once again. She's back joining us, but she's also being my guinea pig for today. <laughs> so, Jane, what are you doing? What, what are you doing to help me? Oh, well, we're just going through the Zoom meeting process. And, um, so before this actually funny story, we were just showing each other a couple things on our houses. And I was like, yeah, I feel like we have a warehouse in our basement. We just like, we have some wood flooring and some trim and we've been doing some remodel projects. And, and then I showed her that I showed Jen on zoom that, yeah, we have a bathtub down in our basement and even a kitchen sink. And I was like, yeah, we have everything, even the kitchen sink. And then randomly Jen's like, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just want to tell you funny story. Um, I was just watching this episode of hoarders and I mean, you're not a hoarder. You're not a hoarder. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. Yes. This is where it's going. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but either way, Jamie and I are, um, we're trying out a Zoom meeting and seeing how guest podcasts from different states uh, can also be on the P40 Ministries podcast rather than just sharing a microphone in my studio. So that's what we're doing today. <laughs> and thank you, Jamie. I'm really excited about this, actually. We've done a couple episodes um, in your studio, and that's really neat. So I'm really excited to be your guinea pig and excited to see uh, how many opportunities this will bring for, you know, just so, so many neat people to be able to put their input um, on this program. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. So yes, uh, thank you, Jamie, for being my guinea pig today. <laughs> well, you're welcome. But we are going to discuss the Bible. We're going to talk about Exodus chapter 10, verses 21, all the way to the end of the chapter to verse 29. And I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. Yahweh said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards the sky, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. Moses stretched out his hand toward the sky, and there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt for three days. They didn't see one another, and nobody rose from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Pharaoh called to Moses and said, Go, serve Yahweh. Only let your flocks and your herds stay behind. Let your little ones go along with you. Moses said, You must also give into our hands sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God. Our livestock shall also go with us. Not a hoof shall be left behind. For of it we must take to serve Yahweh our God, and we don't know with what we must serve Yahweh until we come there. But Yahweh hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he wouldn't let them go. Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Be careful to see my face no more, for in the day that you see my face, you shall die. Moses said, You have spoken well. 
I will see your face again no more. So the first time Jamie and I talked about this, I was laughing at Moses' response towards the end. <laughs> like, what a snarky response. That was perfect. <laughs> Moses is like, okay, bye. See you later. Don't care. <laughs> but um, in verse 21 here, uh, God basically sends another plague. And I believe this is the last plague before the really, really big plague. And this particular plague would have been attacking the Egyptian sun god, which was one of their most important gods, which was Ra. And that was the sun god. So God was attacking the sun god. And so uh, basically God says to Moses that he should perform this miracle and that there was going to be a darkness on the land of Egypt that could be felt. So, Jane, what does that mean? <laughs> what do you think that well, means? Well, you know, when when. I think of that, I immediately think of you and your spelunking. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but your, yes. your cave experiences. I have never actually been in a cave, but I know that you and your husband enjoy, you know, going and visiting these different caves. And I think that's kind of how it was. Like if you could explain how that is. So basically these caves that my husband and I have gone to see, sometimes they will turn out the lights in this cave and it is so dark that you can't you can't even remotely see anything. It is a, a very unique experience. It is really crazy, actually. And being in that for a long period of time, I can imagine would be uh, I think you'd go insane after a while. <laughs> I, I just I, terrifying. I, I don't know. I think it would be crazy. And I, I didn't catch what you said there, Jane, would you say? Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I think it would be terrifying. And you have to think these people had children. And I think of my own daughter, she's five. You know, she has questions about lightning and thunder and, and different fears. But to have taught your children something about Ra, the sun god, and then the lights go out, and then you have these terrified children, the parents, I mean, this was, they knew what this was. I mean, there's no doubt about it that this was a direct attack on that god. And there was only going to be, and there only is one God. So the Egyptian people knew, and I think this, this was a very clear, um, I, I think this is a very clear picture of what is happening. Oh yeah, for sure. And that's an interesting perspective that I would have, would not have thought of because I'm not a parent. <laughs> so that's why I like having guests on the podcast sometimes, but, um, yeah, and I, I can just imagine that, a darkness that can be felt. I think maybe there was even something more going on than just complete darkness. Yeah, I, I agree because Jesus says um, that he is the light of the world and, you know, in him is no darkness at all. So, you know, if Jesus is this light and there is a darkness that can be felt, there's no doubt this was a spiritual, uh, a spiritual darkness as well. Oh, yeah. Like God removing his presence from that place it almost sounds like so it'd be like a void some sort of like crazy I don't know I can't imagine how that would feel I have light around me all the time so and I, I don't mean, think I don't we know. can even um really comprehend what it is just because you know even if we live in such a bright or even if we live in a rural area like like you do um we still have the light pollution and we're used to being around light, having it at our fingertips. 
And this was something completely different. Like I, I can't even imagine going a day without, com- I, I don't know, complete darkness or even in Antarctica, they have the Southern lights and the beauty that comes with that there. So this is something that is totally unheard of. It's not something that we really can experience on earth. Right. Unless God chooses to let us experience that, which hopefully, exactly, (laughs) hopefully would not. Or it's a spiritual blindness because, and I I don't want to take that away because if you are blind, then that would be something that they do experience. So I do want to correct myself on that because I don't want to take that lightly. It was maybe just like a blindness uh, across the land. Like a spiritual blindness is what you mean. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought of that before. Um, So basically in verse 22, Moses performs this miracle and it was a thick darkness. It's a thick darkness. That's very interesting. So it says in verse 23 that the Egyptians couldn't see one another and nobody rose from his place for three days. Everybody was probably terrified and were just stuck in their homes. I can imagine like that. Oh, even that they they're stuck like not being able to work. They're not working, but, um, you know, this is several days and, uh, going to the bathroom. They didn't move. Yeah. You know, this, this is, yeah, I don't know the implications there. Oh yeah. That makes sense actually. Ooh. Yeah. This was more in depth than even I, like, I I wasn't even thinking about that. It's more in depth than I was thinking. Sorry. I don't know why I went there. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, it's true. It says that they didn't rise from their place for three days. I mean, they didn't have bathrooms in their homes back and they then. Didn't eat. They didn't eat either. So, I mean, they're not eating. They're not. They're, yeah, they're having serious problems here. Just they can't rise. They can't function as a society or as a family or anything. Yeah. But it says that all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. So basically, uh, maybe, maybe. Uh, here's what I'm thinking almost was that somehow supernaturally God did not allow the Egyptians to have light in any form, candles or whatever they had back then. But it sounds to me like the children of Israel might have had this darkness, but somehow was able to have light, like maybe were able to light candles and see each other. I don't know. Or maybe God just his presence was there and he was producing the light for the Israelites or the, you know, or maybe they did have the sun. I, I don't know exactly. But uh, either way, the Israelites had light. <laughs> so it says here in verse 24 that Pharaoh finally calls to Moses and he says to him, go and serve Yahweh. Only let your flocks and your herds stay behind. Imagine just we just talked about how little light there was, but the Pharaoh is still not convinced and he still wants to compromise with God and be like, well, you know, you guys can go, but your flocks and stuff have to stay. Man, this guy was, you know what I, go I love, I love that. Especially he's trying to compromise and Moses is like, no, that's not going to happen. And then he even reiterates, nope, you're not even getting one of the feet of our flocks. I'm sorry. So he wasn't even going to budge a little bit on this. He knew what God commanded and he was going to follow through completely. So, yeah, that's what he says here to the Pharaoh. He says, you're not even going to get one hoof. <laughs> he says, everything is going with us. And he says, that is because we don't know what we need to sacrifice to God yet. We have no clue. We know we have to do something. 
So we can't exactly just let you guys keep all of our livestock. And I have to also mention um, that you have to remember that the other plagues that God had sent, a lot of them were attacking livestock and stuff like that. So it's possible that there were very few uh, livestock left in Egypt at this point. There might have been some, but very few were left. So Pharaoh probably wanted that Israeli livestock so that he could continue building his, you know, livestock or Egypt's. And so he's trying to take what isn't his. You know, this livestock belonged to the Hebrew people. It did not belong to the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh is still treating the uh, Hebrew people like complete crap, pretty much. He, d- he didn't care about them. He could care less about their lives. The only reason he wanted them to go was so that he could see the sun again. <laughs> and apparently he is, <laughs> he, he's not used to people saying no to him. I mean, you can tell his little temper tantrum, get out of my sight. You know, yeah. he just, he's furious <laughs> that, that Moses would have the audacity to tell him no. How dare you keep what's yours? <laughs> Yeah, because it's mine anyway, is his attitude maybe. And even after all of these plagues, he just, he won't see. Yeah, yeah, he won't see. He is, he's, he's spiritually blind. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I wonder if he could see Moses and Aaron. That's an interesting question. I don't know. <laughs> just something I thought of there. Maybe he could because they had light surrounding them. I don't know. So it says here that, uh, yeah. yeah, so, so Pharaoh basically freaks out at Moses and Aaron and he's like get away from me I don't ever want to see you guys again and if I ever see you guys again then you're both gonna die basically and so Moses is like not afraid at all and he's just like all right you here's what the WEB version says you have spoken well (laughs) he's like yes I will never see your face again and that was just that's interesting or he says I will see your face again no more is what the WEB version says but that's just funny he's just like yeah that's fine by me I don't care bye (laughs) and growing up in that environment I mean he would have known how to respond to something like that and oh true he went right back (laughs) he didn't care oh yeah that's that's an interesting point as well like he since he grew up in the house of a pharaoh almost as the pharaoh's grandson in a sense he would have known how to respond in situations like this. And he would have been very um, knowledgeable on everything that was happening with the Pharaoh. He would have been, he was the perfect person for this job, really. He was politically correct for this job, but he he didn't, he was not threatened. No. By, by... No, and plus he already, he was seeing God. Like Moses was actively seeing God's power through all of this as well. So at this point, Moses had to have had a very active faith in God at this point. Right. Even though maybe he didn't start out that way, but now very much he has an active faith. But yeah, so Moses is basically like, yeah, okay, fine, if that's how you want to be. So I've talked a little bit about God hardening uh, the Pharaoh's heart, but what does that mean to you, James? Like, what what does that mean? In your opinion? Well, I mean, if you, if with a quick glance at that, um, you might just automatically think, oh, well, then Pharaoh's decision is excusable. I mean, he didn't have a choice. Uh, God just chose to harden his heart. Um, But I don't really think that's the case. I think that Pharaoh does have a choice to choose. He is seeing truth all around him and he is rejecting it clearly. And so at this point, it's um, your heart's going to be hardened and 
this is what we're doing because we're just gonna move this this along quickly because you're hardening your heart so it's just getting harder and harder and um god is basically bringing this to a head and his people are leaving yeah yeah that's a good way to put it as well is just god is hurrying up the process (laughs) just getting his his children out of there as quickly as possible basically and not yeah so yeah, this was Exodus uh, chapter 10, verses 21 through 29. Um, James, do you have anything else you want to add or you good? Oh, I, yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and thanks for being on. Thanks for um, being my uh, guinea pig once again. I do appreciate that. And being a, a faithful guest speaker on the podcast as well. I really do appreciate that. But friends and faithful listeners, uh, thank you so much for tuning in this morning and studying the Bible with uh, my sister and I and uh, just going through this book of Exodus with us. I think it's been very enjoyable for me. I've been learning so much about the Bible through all of this, and I hope you guys have as well. But I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and happy listening and God bless. God bless.